Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. It's that time again, bride. Hi. Hi, I love you. Should we tell them about what I have here? Well, let's get the whole backstory on it. Hi, everybody. I'm Mark. I'm the guy. I'm Andrea. I'm a bride. And uh, we'll get to the Bible in just a second. But um, something happened. Something's afoot. And a Bible has been laid to rest. So, as teachers, it's pretty funny for me to be able to say this. Because we both teach. Right? Yep. So, this week, I had to tell my class, my students and my my group, that my dog ate the cards. So... I let them borrow playing cards to use with patients. Yeah. And our dog, our beautiful little basset hounds, people did not tell me that basset hounds are psycho. <laughs> well, the puppy is. That, she's, she's nine months now. Yeah, I know. So nobody told me. I thought they were just fat and lazy and cute and you just rub their belly and they just have floppy faces and floppy ears. She's um, she's special, <laughs> and she ate three decks of cards this week. By eating, we don't mean that she ate all fifty-two cards, swallowed them, and no, just destroyed and ripped just apart. Chewed I'm apart sure some ended cards. up in her belly. I wouldn't be surprised. And so that happened this week, and I did not get time. I should buy some this weekend, but I did not get time to replace them. And they were special cards. Yeah, they were our the trash we, pandas. We, we had a destination thing. If we went somewhere. We would buy cards from that. We'd play each other some gin rummy because we like playing that. And we so played in a while. We haven't played in a while, but we I think we had like five decks, six decks. Well, this was three. Oregon Coast, Savannah, Georgia, and... Trash Pandas. Trash Pandas from Huntsville. So places we've lived or places we visited. Yeah. And so then, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to buy more for the students. Nobody ever asked me. And I was like, well, if you're not even asking for it, then is it that big of a deal I need to go and buy them? This morning... You noticed, mm-hmm. oh, Cholula ate your Bible. What? Yeah, it was on the ground. Sorry, God, my Bible was on the ground. I always feel kind of guilty doing that. Don't you feel guilty? Um, Putting your Bible, like, on the ground? Yeah. But we ha- we're trying to do this, like, minimalist thing so we don't have bedside tables, which has totally helped. I know. I Way know. less piles, right? Way less piles. Um, And she tore apart my Ryrie study Bible yep. that I've had for a very long time. I think Sydney, yeah, it was Sydney, the other one. Yeah. The the cover of the same Bible was ripped apart. The leather cover yeah. for the Bible was completely severed. And so my mom got me like a Bible cover a holder thing. A cover holder jacket? thing. Jacket? Yeah. Is that what they're called? We'll call it a jacket. Um, And it kept slipping out of it because the cover was so chewed up that it couldn't even stay in there. But anyway, so the middle is torn to shreds. Yeah. And so... Because we we reading is important to us, and because of wanting to have a study Bible, because I really like reading the notes, my kind husband started to do some research for me on different ones. Yeah. And I've just been reading New American Standard for a long time. My mom got it for me. A couple of decades. Yeah. And it ha- I mean, two last names ago. Two last names ago. That's a different episode. Yeah. That's the uh, Patreon episode. Um. <laughs> So we had some fun today just comparing side by side a few different passages. Yes. 
they all are good. Yes. But we decided on a new translation for my new Bible. And then we just went to, what was it called? Mardell's. Never heard of it before. Mardell's is apparent. Is it a Southern thing? Or is it nationwide? Uh, it's nationwide. It's nationwide. So Mardell's and um, you found me because I, for some reason I'm old and I pulled a calf muscle doing nothing. It was, I think, I think Sitting so. wrong on the couch. It goes right up there with your, new, with your new uh, contacts. Never mind that. Another um, episode. A couch injury. So Getting you, up from the couch yeah, injury. So you went and like looked at them. So I have, that was a long intro to my new Bible. It's a study Bible. And it is the net. Which means. New English translation. Yeah, new English translation. And it's a um, Thomas Nelson full notes edition. So guys, I won't read them all. But on a lot of pages here, there's more notes than verses. It's really intense. Yeah. And so some of it is stuff that I wouldn't read here because it's not, I mean, some of it is just like translation notes. Yeah. Then it's definitely more than what you're getting at a Ryrie. Yeah. So there's study notes and translation notes and what was that third one? Yeah. The um, text critical notes highlight alternative readings found in various manuscripts. That's always kind of cool. Like Ryrie would do that. He would say, or better. Yeah. I'm like, dude. Exactly. You think you know better? But that's what he was saying was, yeah. you know, it might be a better way to, to wear it like this. So we liked kind of um, the extra little layer that we saw in the net. So no more New American Standard, at least for right now. I'm Darryl, sure we might dig some just, out. We love it, Daryl. We love it. I mean, it's not like this like totally fluffy translation that doesn't make any sense. It's still very respected. Yes. And you're still going to read the... I'm still reading from the Lexham English Bible on um, faithlife.com on their uh, their little wonderful website. I encourage you guys, if you're looking for a great one, go to faithlife.com. Um, it's a great website to just join for free. They do have a bit of a social media thing to this, but I don't do that at all. This is the um, uh, Lexham Publishing Company that is the one responsible for Logo Software. A lot of pastors, like tens of thousands Use logo software for everything in their study and sermons. So these are, this is the parent company. And so they have a whole website for just Bible and Bible study. And that's what we use for our Connect the Testaments reading plan that we use um, for the website. I mean, for the, uh, sorry, for the podcast. And the one thing I noticed in this net one that I was kind of bummed is it doesn't have like intros to the chapters. Or the books. Yeah. The books. I mean, yeah. So you'll be. I'll do the intro to the books off Lexum here. Yep. So anyway, yeah. I'll just say this is, I've changed a lot in the last like five or six years because I wouldn't have been this excited about. A new Bible. Well, I mean, I love the Bible. Yeah. But about like all these notes and stuff. I've oh, just, yeah. we've really learned to dig into it together. We so. have. Yep. And you got it embossed. She almost put my name as Andrew. Andrew. So note to self, note to people. Her pronouns you... are she oh, and gosh. she. Stop. If you go to Mar- Mardell's yeah. um, and you get it, they emboss it right then and there for $5. Mardell's, you guys can uh, give us some advertising money. Easy now. If you want. We'll hook up. We'll keep dropping you. Um, so the, the kind lady, I told her and she did it and then she showed me. She goes, that look good? And I go, it's Andrea. It's not Andrew. So my new Bible almost said Andrew. 
Anyway, it's very, very funny. But I got the gold embossing with the correct last name. Yep. It looks good. Yep. Anyway. I love it. There we go. There we go. It was a good time. I was looking for some other things for teaching and stuff. They had a, a good education section. education. Yeah, some really good textbooks. I guess not just homeschool, huh? No, they like bulletin board stuff, like Christian educated like you. Yeah, like me. And they had, um, they had the funny and the cheesy Christian t-shirts. Yeah, and the political was pretty funny. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a little weird. I was like, what would Jesus say to some of this? Because some of it was like, you know, I don't know. I sometimes I'm kind of torn with like the commercialization of of course um but overall a lot of it was just really sweet stuff i mean i got an apron mm-hmm. yeah you did go to Mardell's. we get an apron we're gonna surprise my mom and jay because they're moving across the street tomorrow whoop, whoop. um and so you're not gonna release this before then anyway i'm sure i'm gonna say it's tonight you are well are they do they listen they don't listen they don't listen tonight no they're a little busy they're a little busy relocating um, but the girls are going to make a big sign. And so they had that there. They had like big rolls of paper and giant markers. Yeah. So we got our markers. I got an apron. We got a roll of paper. got Bible. <laughs> got um, frames to put my, finally going to display my degrees. Your, your education. Because <laughs> I finally am like, oh, I should do that. And what else? What else we get? We the just dog, got the dogs stuff. could eat your diplomas if you don't put them up. That's, yeah, that's a and a Hershey thing. bar, just like super random well, stuff. I'm, I'm glad we're okay. Yeah. So, um, Mardell's, we love you. Also, if you have one near you, make sure you have the app. We got thirty percent off. Anyway, seriously, we know. should. They should sponsor us. They don't know we exist yet. But there's only twelve people. <gasps> we're up to twelve. I'm just saying. Oh, Y'all spread the love. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. We did get a couple new followers though. All right, we are going to go ahead and start. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to launch into Isaiah 25 through 26, Luke 9, all the way to um, verse 1 to 27, and then Job 6, the first 13 verses of Job 6. So let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll go on. Father God, we are grateful for your word and how it transforms our lives. We're grateful that you have uh, made it available to us through the common language to understand we don't have to read Hebrew, we don't have to read Greek or Aramaic or, or understand so deeply just to get it. You make it plain and simple for us to know. And we are grateful for that. May this time of our reading um, shape our lives, our marriage, and our friends who listen. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those of you driving, keep driving. For those of you reading along with us, please read along. Grab your partner and get your Bible. Here we go. Hit pause if you need to. One, two, three. Okay. Isaiah 25. Praise for salvation. Yahweh, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name. For you have done wonderful things, plans of old and faithfulness, trustworthiness. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin. The palace of foreigners is no longer a city. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will glorify you, a city of ruthless nations. They will fear you, for you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in his distress, a shelter from the rainstorm, a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless was like a rainstorm against a wall, the noise of the foreigners like heat in a dry land. You subdued the heat, 
with the shade of a cloud. The song of the ruthless was silenced. And on this mountain, Yahweh of hosts will make for all peoples a rich feast, a feast of aged wines, a fat filled with marrow, filtered aged wine. And on this mountain, he will destroy the face of the shroud, the shroud over all peoples and the woven covering over all nations. He will destroy death forever. And the Lord Yahweh will wipe off the tears of, from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth, for Yahweh has spoken. Um, a little note on that part where I said he will destroy death. The uh, Hebrew translation literally says he will engulf death. So I got a note on that. Go for it. Here we go. New notes. Yep. Um, so the same thing that he, mine says he will swallow up death permanently. And then the note says um, the image of the Lord swallowing death would be especially powerful. For death was viewed in Canaanite mythology and culture as a hungry enemy that swallows its victims. Ooh. See, that's awesome to know. Yeah. Because because that makes perfect sense. You think your false god who swallows you, well, my god will swallow your god. That's a big deal. That's huge. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Okay. Anything else you want to pop off real quick? Well, I haven't. That was the first eight verses, babe. There's a there's a lot. Let me just see if there's study notes. Let me see. Let me see. Because the She's translation just, notes. Guys, this is like font size four. She is like a brilliant. So these are all translation notes. I think that's the main one. Okay. Verse nine. And one will say on that day, look, this is our God. We have waited for him and he saved us. This is Yahweh. We waited for him. Let us be glad. Let us rejoice in his salvation. For the hand of Yahweh will rest on his on this mountain, and Moab shall be trampled down under him, as a heap of straws trampled down in waters of dung heap, and it will spread out its hands in the midst of it, just as the swimmer and it referring to Moab, just as the swimmer spreads out to swim, and its pride will be brought low with the movement of its hands, and he will throw down the fortification of the high point of your walls. He will bring it low, and he will send it to the ground, to the dust. Judah's Song of Praise on chapter 26, verse 1. On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up victory like walls and ramparts. Open the gates so that the righteous nation who keeps faithfulness may enter. You will protect a firm inclination in peace. In peace, because he trusts in you. Trust in Yahweh forever, for in Yah, Yahweh you have an everlasting rock. For he has thrown down the inhabitants of the height. He lays low the lofty city. He lays it low to the ground. He throws her to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. Yahweh's people vindicated. Verse 7, the way of the righteous is a straight path. You clear the level path of the righteous. Surely we wait for you in the path of your judgments, Yahweh, for your name and renown are the desire of the soul. I desire with you all my soul in the night, and also I seek you with my spirit within me. For when your judgments are upon the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Through the wicked person, although the wicked person is shown compassion, he does not learn righteousness. 
He acts unjustly in the land of uprightness, and he does not see the majesty of Yahweh. Yahweh, though your hand reaches high, they do not see it. Let them see, and let them be ashamed of the zeal of people. Indeed, let the fire of your enemies consume them. Yahweh, you will establish peace for us, for you have done even all of our works for us. Yahweh, our God, lords beside you ruled over us, but we praise your name alone. The dead do not live, dead spirits do not rise, because you have punished and destroyed them, and you have destroyed all memory of them. You have added to the nation, Yahweh, you have added to the nation, you are honored. You have extended all the ends of the land. Yahweh, in distress, they have visited you. They poured out an incantation. Your discipline was on them. Like a pregnant woman on the point of giving birth, she writhes, she cries in her labor pains. So we were because of your presence, Yahweh. We became pregnant, we writhed, we gave birth to wind. We cannot, break, we cannot bring about deliverance on the earth. And no inhabitants of the world are born. Your dead shall live, their corpses shall rise. Wake up and sing for joy, dwellers of the dust. For your dew is celestial dew. Quick note on that one. That sounds weird, right? Literally, dew of light. Your dew is celestial dew. The earth will give birth to dead spirits. Little note there says, You make the land of Rephaim fall. That was a region in Israel, they thought that the um, the underworld pres- resided. Oh, really? Yeah. Go, my people, enter into your chambers, and shut your doors behind you. Hide for a little while. And the wrath has passed over. For look, Yahweh is about to come out from his place, to punish the iniquity of the inhabitants of the earth against him. And the earth will disclose her blood, and shall no longer cover her slain. This is clearly end-time stuff. This mm-hmm. is massively toward the second coming of Messiah. Um, so much in this. This is an awesome chapter. And I know you're looking for some notes to throw out. Well, just first five. Can you read yours again? Because sure. mine is 26. Five. 26, five? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and read yours? I'll read mine. Okay. Indeed, the Lord knocks down those who live in a high place. He brings down an elevated town. He brings it down to the ground. He throws it down to the dust. That it? Yeah. Okay, for he has thrown down the inhabitants of the height. He lays low the lofty city. He lays it low to the ground. He throws her to the dust. So my commentary here says, A common image of judgment. God humbles those who exalt themselves. Another note in Isaiah 2, if you want to look that up. Um, He lays it low to the ground. See chapter 25, verse 12. Um, the feet of the poor in chapter 6 says, God cast down the proud, but the poor and needy who were formerly oppressed assist in the judgment of those who are thrown down. Okay. And that maybe it was five, 25 5. Okay, let me look. Because that sounded pretty similar, didn't it? Our translations? Yeah. Okay. All right. You want to read 25 sure. 5? Like heat in a dry land, you humble the boasting foreigners. Just as the shadow of a cloud causes the heat to subside, so he causes the song of tyrants to cease. The noise of foreigners like heat in a dry land. You subdued the heat with the shade of a cloud. The song of the ruthless was silenced. Okay, so that's the one. I thought that was kind of... The shadow of the cloud causes the heat to subside, so he causes the song of the tyrants to cease. So he's like... 
a shelter or a shadow that... Yeah, because you said in four. That quiets down the tyrants. Yeah, look at four. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in his distress, a, ref- a shelter from the rainstorm and from the heat. Now we get to look at this. The breath of the ruthless was the rainstorm. Okay. Okay. The noise of the foreigner was the heat. So we've already got those addressed in four. Okay. All right. So it says the shelter from the rainstorm. Mm-hmm. Well, the rainstorm was the ruthless, right? Their very breath and the shade and the shade from the heat. So the heat represents the noise of the ruth of the foreigners. Okay. Verse five. So we can see that there's a that relationship sitting right there. Oh, I just thought it was kind of yeah. cool imagery. It's very cool imagery. I was on verse six. The mountain of Yahweh hosts, mountain Yahweh of hosts will make for all peoples a rich feast. It actually says a feast of fat. Um, compare the nation's trek to the mountain of Yahweh in chapter two, verses two through four, and its inhabitants in eleven nine. Yahweh will dwell visibly again on his mountain. He will teach them, judge them, and provide richly for them. The mountain is Zion, Yahweh's dwelling in Jerusalem. Pretty cool. Where we're seeing again, this is this is the end of all things. When New Jerusalem's in and everything, Yahweh will be there. He's gonna be there. It's so amazing. This well, is exciting. Think, this is the most exciting chapters in all the Old well, Testament. I think part of it too is that um <clears throat> God, he sounds pretty terrifying. Yeah. But at the same time, there's, if we read it more closely, then we don't need to be terrified because. Correct. I mean, we need to. When we are submitted to him. Right. Exactly. So we can read it with two very different lenses. We can be like, whoa, this this is like very vivid and scary. Or you can be like, wow, I'm so glad that I have that protection and that he is going to wipe away our tears and take away our disgrace. Yeah. Not because we've earned it, yeah. but because this is who he is and he's so powerful. I think what's clear what you just said, I want to add to that. If you read this and your first reaction is how cruel Yahweh is because he only protects his people. If that's your first reaction, I would, I would humbly submit you are not walking with Yahweh. Because I read this and I get excited because I am one of his. The I think I'm kind of in between those two because I'm, I'm like... I'm just telling you. I'm just saying, like, I have, like, a, a reverence. And, like, I, yeah. I also don't want to just treat him like my buddy is what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, no, I get that. I want to treat him like that, my like, buddy. I'm not saying you are, but I think that there's these, there's two very different camps that we can see, right? Exactly. And e- that that's the point. Even in Christians, though. Where, exactly. Where, like, I'm, like, I better make sure I'm right. Yeah, you better, right? Because he does not take evil lightly. You know, I need to make no. sure that I'm not um, being flippant, is what I'm trying to say, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and I'm with you. That's um, a great way. He does not take evil lightly. I like that, babe. Thanks. That was really good. Okay, so I do have a little study note here on... See, it doesn't have it by verses. It has it by letters, so it's going to take me a minute to... Yeah. Do with your new bionic eyeballs. That's all right. Okay, so I think this is for... I don't even know exactly, but where it talks about the path, the metaphor of a level or smooth road or path may refer to their 
morally upright manner of life. But verse 7b... Which right, guys, the is, way of the righteous is a straight path. You clear the level path of the righteous. Okay. Um, verse 7b, which attributes attributes the smooth path to the Lord, suggests that the Lord's vindication and blessing may be the reality beyond the metaphor here. Mm. like that. And then there's a lot of translation notes, and I think that that's going to have to be for when I'm... There's one of these in here, and I knew I was going to forget it, and I can't find it now. We'll move on here to our New Testament reading. But I thought to myself, now that's a tattoo. That should be which that one? should be the ca- the coffee cup. I don't know which one it is, because it just it went away from me right when I right that's after we read funny. it. I, I was like, I should stop it, but I'm not going to stop it. You can always um, stop it if you want to. Let me just see it real quick. It might be, uh, might be in twenty five. Um. Let's see. It was by the dung heap one. Let's see if that's it. Dung heap? Yeah, that's funny. I love that. Oh, I think this is what it was. And you've already actually touched on it because I thought it was so cool. Um, is this the one? No, that's not it. I was thinking... Uh, da, 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 da. No, I've lost it. It didn't strike me the same way again. Okay. I love the part, though. Where, um, I think Dung Heap would be an awesome mug. It really would. It's right there. Okay. It's right there. So, All right. All right. Where are we going? John, Luke, Luke something. What? I thought you had it marked with your red red label there. Is it nine? Nine. One through. It's the, it's one all through 17? Yeah. Is that right? It is. Okay. The sending of the 12 apostles. So the I'm getting there, Luke nine. I'm just saying we've been talking about apostles. Oh, we have so this actually sending of the twelve apostles. That's all. And um, what do we want to talk about that? No, it's no, fine. we don't want to talk about yeah. apostles. Okay. After Jesus called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? He what? gave them power and authority <laughs> over all demons and to cure diseases. Yeah. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing on your, for your journey. No cash, no fame. No debit card. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money. No and cell do, phone. And do not take an extra tunic or fancy hats. Or okay. Just don't All get right. on your jet. What? <laughs> whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave the area. Wherever they do not receive you, as you leave that town, shake the dust. Off your feet as a testimony against them. Then they departed and went throughout the villages, proclaiming the good news and healing people, healing people everywhere. Herod's confusion about Jesus. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about everything that was happening, and he was thoroughly perplexed because some people were saying that John had been raised from the dead, while others were saying that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had risen. Herod said, I thought I had John beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? So Herod wanted to learn about Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then they took them with him, and they withdrew privately to a town called Bethsaida. But when the crowds found out, they followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and cured those who needed healing. Now the day began to draw to a close. So the twelve came and said to Jesus, Send the crowd away so they can go into the surrounding villages and countryside and found lodging and food, because we are in an isolated place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They replied, 
We have no more than five loaves and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all these people. Now about 5,000 men were there. And as I've always heard, that doesn't include the women and children. That is So more like, what, 10,000, 15,000? It could have been um, as many as probably one-to-one. Not every man brought a woman, but there could have been two or three women there because they were were more apt to follow. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we could have been anywhere from 10 to 15,000 people. Then he said to his disciples... Have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. So they did as Jesus directed, and the people all sat down. Then he took the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. He gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied, and what was left over was picked up 12 loaves, sorry, 12 baskets of broken pieces. So they had more leftovers than they had in the beginning. It's really quite an amazing process when you're talking to mass numbers like that. I've done a lot of concert work in my day and to, I'm picturing 15,000 people in a location. Uh, when I was a kid, I worked at the Concord Pavilion in the, in, um, the Bay Area and we had 8,500 people on a sellout. So I, I know exactly what that looks like sitting on grass. So almost doubling that for the apostles to work with is really amazing amount of people. It's just so much. So I've got a couple cool notes. Go for it. Now that I'm figuring out this Bible, thank you for patience, anybody. Uh, okay, so study notes. Okay, for verse... Actually, this goes back to the previous verse, but I still think it's important to say. Because from chapter 8, when oh. he cured... Yeah, raised a child from the dead. Jairus' daughter. Yep. Um, it says, he said, he told them not to tell no one what happened. Yeah. So Jesus ordered them to tell no one because he desired that miracles not become the center of his ministry. That's one take on it. Yeah. Never really heard it described that way. Okay. And then. His message was bigger than miracles. Right. His message and then of salvation. The kingdom of God, um, back in chapter 9 is a major theme of Jesus' teaching. The nature of the kingdom of God in the New Testament and in Jesus' teaching has long been debated by interpreters and scholars, with discussion primarily centering primarily centering around the nature of the kingdom, earthly, heavenly, or both, and the kingdom's arrival, present, future, or both. An additional major issue concerns a relationship between the kingdom of God and the person and work of Jesus himself. And then, as Jesus' own ministry in Luke four sixteen to 44 Involved both word to proclaim and deed to heal, so also would. So also would that of the disciples, and that is for. That um. That they, were, he was sent out to procl- They were sent out to proclaim the kingdom of God and heal the sick. So they were supposed to do both proclaiming and healing. Yes. So message and miracles. Mm-hmm. Now, it is funny how this week we were talking a bit about apostles and apostleship. We, um, we've been studying that. Yeah, we've kind of been studying that. And the controversy of that, some of you may be unaware, there's controversy of that when people in the 21st century are self-appointed apostles. Um, they take that title. Perhaps their denomination uses that title. Um, and some people redefine that title. I like what it says here in the uh, the study Bible for Faith Life here. It says, 
Um, Luke describes Jesus' call of the twelve to discipleship. Here, he records their commissioning as apostles, defined as representatives sent out to proclaim the message that Jesus has inaugurated the kingdom of God. And there are parallel accounts in the Synoptic Gospels of Matthew chapter 10 and Mark chapter 6. And it is important to note that this was, you could even say in effect, if you're an apostle, this is much like in Timothy when Paul gives a list of, of elders, qualifiers, Jesus is saying, I'm sending you out and these are my requirements. Take nothing for the journey. And I'll define nothing for you. So don't take a staff, don't take a bag, don't take bread, don't take money. Don't even take extra clothes. Don't even pre-arrange your housing. Just go. And as you go, provision will be there. If provision's not there, if you are rejected, shake the dust off and protest. And then what happens in that village will not be good for them because they've rejected the kingdom of God. And that's kind of the thing that we're missing today. Those who want to call themselves apostles are not doing this. They're jumping on jets. They're setting up tents. They're making their way with finances and all the places. Be very careful, uh, those of you who listen to this, for today's modern apostles are not the same as what God set up in the New Testament for the establishment of what we have as the church today. I've, That's as politely as I can put it. Yeah. And you know I've got a lot of fire in my belly right now over this. Yeah, so I have a couple notes, kind of back up, just a touch. Go for it. Jesus telling his disciples to stay there in one house contrasts with the practice of religious philosophers in the ancient world who went from house to house begging. So that was for them to be kind of set apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to shake off the dust, which we were just talking about, Yeah. represented shaking off the uncleanliness from one's feet. It was a sign of rejection. So yeah. literally like shake off they're kind of reject their their sin okay i like that i thought you might be going with a little taylor swift theology but i'll take that um so there's yeah i'm just i'm just gonna stop there okay now anyway i like my bible that was it i read the whole thing um we have 10 more verses what yeah luke 9 1 through 27 whoops that was fine okay Okay, Peter's confession. Once when Jesus was praying by himself and his disciples were nearby, he asked them, Who do the crowd say that I am? They answered, John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. And still others that one of the prophets of long ago has has risen. Then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered, The Christ of God. But he forcefully commanded them not to tell this to anyone, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and experts in the law. And be killed and on the third day be raised. It's kind of just side note. Kind of cracks me up how many times he blatantly said that. And they're like, what? He's dead? And they were shocked. Yeah. That he rose again. Yeah. He must have been like, did you not get the memo? Yeah. You know? It's a full Marty McFly moment. Yeah. Called the discipleship. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself again. Come on. Thinking about apostles. Come on. Thinking Preach about... It. I'm hearing it. This is not a glamorous thing. Nope. Right? 
No. If anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself. Yep. Deny fame. Like fame, fortune, prosperity. Take up his position. cross. Yeah. Take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Mm-hmm. Whoever loses his life because of me will save it. For what does it benefit a person if he gains the whole world but loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and holy angels. But I tell you the most I tell you most certainly, there are some standing here who will not experience death before they see the kingdom of God. I still don't really totally understand that because Well it's a prophetic thing. Yeah. Some of them will see the kingdom. It doesn't say death, you know, in terms of the way it says says this. The kingdom of God then becomes, what are they seeing? Are they seeing the kingdom of God on earth? Like Jesus just told them, what you're going to do when you walk, you're going to proclaim the kingdom of God. I want to see what my note says, because I bet it says something. Let's see if you got a note there. Okay. Um, anything you have? She's looking, she's looking. Anything I have? Mm-hmm. Um, let me take a look. I've got verse 27. Until they see the kingdom. The precise meaning of Jesus' statement here is difficult to determine. The note in Matthew 16, 28 says this. Um, the meaning here, the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The meaning here and in the parallel statements that we just read, it's difficult to determine. A reference to the transfiguration is unlikely since it occurs only six days later. So could it mean that Jesus was referring to that? They're saying we're not sure. Options clearly corresponding to the disciples' lifetime. That includes the resurrection of Jesus, the ascension of Jesus, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, the powerful growth of the kingdom of God among non-Jewish people throughout the life of the the original 12, um, divine judgment against Jerusalem at the end when, you know, in uh, 70 AD. Um, Various combinations of these options are possible as well. Any number of these things could talk about the kingdom of God. Jesus wasn't referring to a specific moment in this text. You can't see that. But you can see the overarching um, kingdom of God in what Jesus said in even in Isaiah, though, when he read Isaiah at the beginning of his ministry. I've come to heal. I've come to set free. I've come to give sight. And then we see at the beginning of our text here, he gave them power over demons and to heal people so as they walked through these villages they saw the kingdom of god moving so all of this works in tandem that the kingdom of god could very well be the ministry of christ through the apostles before they would die okay so the note about there are some standing here who will not experience death before they see the kingdom of god yeah so this says well, first off, the Greek negative here um, is the strongest possible. So, will not is the strongest possible negative way to say not. Yeah. And then, will not taste. Here, the Greek verb does not mean sample a small amount, as a typical English reader might infer from the word taste. Like a nibble. But it means experience something cognitively or emotionally, come to know something. Mm, okay. And then it says, um, the meaning of the statement, oh, it does talk about it. 
Meaning the statement that some will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God is clear at one level, harder at another. Jesus predicts some will experience the kingdom before they die. When does this happen? And he has two different things here. One, an initial fulfillment is the next event, the transfiguration. Ding, ding, ding. It is also possible in Luke's understanding that all but Judas experienced the initial fulfillment of the coming of God's presence and rule in the work of Acts 2. Ding, ding, ding. In either case, the kingdom of God referred to here would be the initial rather than final phase. Yeah. That's a cool way to describe it, don't you think? Yay, that Bible. <laughs> you like geeking out? No, that's awesome. I'm glad we had notes that kind of, they didn't contradict each other at all. Nope. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. I like it. It is very nice. Okay. We're in Job 6. Job. Job 6, 1. Is it still that guy talking? Uh, I think he's done. Is he done yet? 6, uh, 1, Job's second speech. A response okay. to Eliphaz. What verse is that? Uh, uh, 6, 1. Um, through. No, I got to find it. Hold on a sec. I'm so sorry. I'll just go on forever. You know I will. Right. Um, give me one second, peeps. Be right there. I gotta scroll a little bit, so forgive me. Oh, it's there. What's there? What's there? Here we go. Job 6 1 through 13. Then Job answered, and he said, Listen up, Eliphaz. You blow hard. No, he didn't say that. Um, then Job answered and said, If only my vexation could be well weighed, and my calamity could be lifted up together with it in the balances, for then it would be heavier than the sands of the seas. Therefore my words have been rash, for the arrows of Shaddai are in me. My spirit drinks their poison. The terrors of God are arrayed against me. Does the wild ass bray over grass, or the ox bellow over its fodder? Can tasteless food be eaten without salt? Or is there taste in the white of a marshmallow plant? Mine says egg. Eggplant? White of an egg. Oh, well, isn't that weird? Quite a different translation there. I refuse to touch them. They are like food that will make me ill. Oh, that my request may come, and that... God may grant my hope that God would decide that he would crush me, that he would let loose his hand and kill me, but it will still be my consolation and I would recoil in unrelenting pain, for I have not denied the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should hold out? Or is my strength like the strength of stones? Or is my flesh bronze? Indeed, my help is not in me, and any success is driven from me. That's the end of that. That's it? Yep, that's all I got for that one. Uh, I don't know. I only saw one study note, and that's for, is my strength like that of stones? And it says, the questions imply negative answers. Job is saying that it would take great strength to hold up under these afflictions. Yeah. But he's only flesh and bone. The sufferings have almost completely overwhelmed him. To endure all of this to the end would it need a strength he does not have. I've got an over um, overview here for chapters 6 and 7. Okay. It says, in Job's first reply, he addresses both his friends and God. His first emphasis, em, oh, his first emphasizes 
that his complaint is justified. He also asserts for the first time that God is the cause of his suffering, while denying having done anything wrong. As earlier, Job hopes for death, but he also expresses disappointment at the comfort of his friends and asks them for understanding. This comes later in our chapter. After lamenting his life in chapter 7 and reflecting on death, Job addresses God directly, demanding that he leave him alone and stop afflicting him. Um, we'll get to those. That's chapter 7. Uh, we'll get up to that one. That's just the overview of what's coming. Um, the arrows of Shaddai, I thought that was really poetic. He said the first time Job names God as the cause of his suffering is in verse 4. And he'll repeat that again throughout the chapter. Um, that's really about it. That's a big deal to, to bring in there. I would say something my dad used to tell me about Job when we'd have discussions because um, a lot of a lot of people like to blame the devil for bad things. You know, the devil did this, the devil did that, and Satan this and Satan that. And my dad said to me one time as a kid, son, if you're ever experiencing a hardship, you think it's bad, I want you to remember Job, because what Job went through was worse than anything you'll ever go through. And what's key to know about that is that not one time in the entire book of Job does he ever give credit to the enemy for harming him not once does he mention the adversary and I went what and sure enough we'll find that he never brings him up he never does and he, my dad said that's an important feature in this whole story and so I thought about that and it's really true because oftentimes the devil sure wants a lot of credit even if he doesn't do it because yeah. he doesn't do everything bad. We do all, a lot of stuff on our own. But he sure loves to have the credit. He loves to get popular for it, doesn't he? Yeah. So, man, we, we covered a lot of stuff. We did. We see the end of the world. We see Yahweh on the, on the ground. We see Jesus kicking some apostles into the world to bring the kingdom of God message. Then we see how to respond in suffering. How to respond. Oh, good. I like that. How to respond in suffering. Babe, that's tight. I totally stole it from Philip Yancey. Oh, steal it. Hey, Phil, what's up, bro? you want to be a guest sometime? Look at that. Your book did a lot of wonders for my beautiful bride. Yeah, Where's God When It Hurts? Uh, It took me a long time to... I got... Phil, you made me mad. Phil, you made me mad. I started it and stopped it, and I was like, "This book is stupid. <laughs> this is not. This is not answering anything." I don't think Phil knows that. Well, now he does. Mr. Phil Yancey, Yancey. you know, he blogs and stuff. I wonder if he'd listen. I'm gonna. Why don't you just tag him? I will tag him. Oh I'll my gosh! Him. Can you imagine? I'll and he'd listen to like all this. He'd be like, "What is the point?" That's right. I don't care about your embossed Bible. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but man. Uh, Phil, Philip, I'm going to call you Phil. Um, I have had, cause I, I am a professor and so I've had some students who've gone through hard things and I'm, I mean, seriously, sometimes the best thing you can say, actually you put it, what? you know, don't give love and light, you know, Oh man. like I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That's just like, it's so condescending. So what I try to do, I don't give them pizza. Um, but I try to say, can I recommend a book? And people just there when you when you've gone through some really traumatic stuff, um, you it it's nice to have something to go to. Yeah. 
Um, and so I've been able to recommend um, Where's God Been It Hurts to several people. And I've just said, you know, this book helped me a lot. And um, But the first half of the book is extremely frustrating. Did you throw it a lot? No, I just put it down. I was like, I don't, I don't think it's time yet. To, oh. I don't think it's time to finish processing this, this, this grief or this, you know, this, this trauma. I'm gonna put this aside and try to read a couple pages. Nope, this book's stupid. <laughs> and then I finally went. I told you this, right? Like I go to a retreat and they made oh, me yeah, yeah. fast and have and be silent. Couldn't eat and couldn't talk. And I was sick. And I didn't know a lot of people, so I didn't have anybody that I could really talk to, even before I was told to be silent, you know? <laughs> um, it was, and it was just a rough time, right? And so then I finally read the other part of it, and that's when he really brings it. I read the second half, and like, I, I had a lot of time. Sure, sure you did. Because I wasn't talking. Nope. So I read and read and read, and I was like, oh, I'm not going to do the spoiler. But he uses the book of Job. And basically says, you know, if you are suffering, which we're all going to suffer, but some people, I mean, let's, it's, let's just be real. Okay. Some people really go through, like Job went through an, an inordinately large, painful amount of suffering. We all suffer, but some people, it's not a contest, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But for those people that just go through things that are just just devastating, mm-hmm. unexpected and devastating, which I have had to listen to some stories that are, oh my gosh, how could that happen? And to be able to say, hey, this book really helped me, um, give it a shot. And people have never come back to me. We don't do that. We're terrible at that, aren't we? I think so. And going back and saying, hey, that really did help. Anyway, if um, I think that Job, because I, I don't know if I ever would have loved that book as much as I do. If I hadn't been, if I hadn't had that whole like multi-year journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, Mr. Yancey, I want to thank you for writing the book because without her <laughs> having read that book, we might not be married. So oh, the my. healing that it brought was holy, sacred, and wonderful. Hey, um, we oh, will post, goodness. actually we will, we'll post Philip Yancey's book in the, in the show notes. Um, I don't do much in the show notes, but today I think I will. We'll put that in there. Um, Maybe a couple of things as well. I want to thank everybody for oh reading along. Email Andrea at Andrea in Mark A. That's Andrea, the letter N, Mark, the letter A, at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Give us a little thumbs up, a love. Five stars would be great. And uh, on your Apple podcast listening. And if you can, even on, um, on Spotify, if you listen there. Um, I just found out we have listeners in, um, like... Where did I where did I see it? Puerto Rico and the Philippines. See, I the first so thing cool. first thing I want to do is sing. <laughs> Stop! You're not Maria. Okay, <laughs> nor are you Anita. So we're not doing that. Okay, listen. We love you guys. Bless you. I am Mark. I am the guy. Love you. And you are a bride. <laughs> listen, this is a guy, a bride, and a Bible. We just got to read the Bible. Enjoy your time with your family, everybody. Bless you. Mm-hmm.